Welcome baby boomers, Generation X, Millennials, and Generation Z, and any other generation I may have forgot to the A-Space podcast. We're about to run the intro, thanks in part to I Am Him Beats. This is the whole point of this podcast. What we need to do is to open up a healthy discussion about this issue. You can't get rid of an idea by pretending it doesn't exist. Welcome to the podcast, which is available on podcast services around the globe. This podcast is a Stitcher Premium affiliate. With Stitcher Premium, you can get episodes of some of your favorite podcasts ad-free. You can also get Stitcher Originals. And if you listen to this podcast, you can get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us by using code ASPACE at checkout. That's code ASPACE at checkout to get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us. Why not do it? You can also catch us on social media channels at A Space Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at aspacepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. We're going straight to the podcast. I'm like the second. I'm like the first, the first mate on a, mm-hmm. on a slave ship. Like, oh, I gotta write down this note. Please, but not in the ledger. Throw the number of them the slave there. note was not in the ledger. Bro, I'm gonna contact UNCG. They need to reprocure that degree. Bro. <laughs> Technically, the degree is from the uh, College of Arts, which is in and of itself an entire clusterfuck failure of academia. It should not. It should be classified as a hard science of psychology or Yo. sociology. It should not be classified as an art. Right. Get it together, North Carolina Board of mm. Education. There you go. If you don't get it together, suck my dick. Okay, so Star Wars. We were talking about George Lucas, him 
contributing to the vision. I think we were probably leading into an overarching okay, so here, conversation okay, okay. about the direction in which Star Wars is going right no. now. Cause okay. no 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 no. Because All right, so that's definitely very, what I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because right you now. and I have always had a fundamental discourse mm-hmm. of competitive views on this, which is I was talking about it to uh, older guy today, mm-hmm. who is a huge Star Wars fan, but he has no idea about like what's canon versus not canon anymore, and didn't grow up watching Clone Wars. Okay, so do you need do you so, need a crash course in what's canon now and what's not canon? Me? No. Okay. I, right, I've cool. been on top that shit. The public need it. Yes. Okay, so. But if you fuck this up. If you know anything about Star Wars before Disney was purchased, purchased Star Wars, then it's not canon anymore. That's not true. (laughs) Jesus. The first sentence you done fucked it up, son. (laughs) Basically, basically. Switch to page two for my notes. Basically, the core movie, ever since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, the core movies are all canon. All the yes. series is that they own are canon, and every nope. novel, comic book series are all canon. Nope. Why are you shaking your head? They're all canon. Everything They're produced not. by Lucasfilm and Marvel from Star Wars, from the moment that Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, from then until now, is all canon. Every comic book, every book, publication, okay. in court, in, like... Coordination with Lucasfilm, that's all canon. Everything before that has been benched until further There was nothing before that. There was a whole extended universe. That came after Lucasfilm's uh, publications with Marvel. No. Yes. There were loads of books. This is why I sent the links to you, bro. Okay. All right. So, the first set... Of mm-hmm. novels, of comic novels, graphic comics, whatever the fuck you want to call them. The first set of comics released by Marvel leading up to uh, the first Star Wars movie that mm-hmm. Lucasfilms produced established basically the, the missing parts of episode four. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives you the contextual uh, <coughs> base for the universe going into the movie. At the time of the contract, Marvel was so big because this is just for the comic industry bubble, pop, mm-hmm. that they were basically dictating the terms. So they had a nine-year contract to basically advertise co-market through Marvel, Marvel and their comic book series for Star Wars. Now, by the time the movie released, by the time episode four actually fucking released, um, Star Wars had taken the world by storm. Thank you. There was, I mean, there was no debating about whether or not Star Wars was relevant anymore, whether or not it was going to pay out. You don't want more of the liquid, bro? Nah. I'll, okay. chew, I'll chew on all the ethanol and the fruit. <laughs> okay. I'm a redneck. Slap that fat pack, son. Anyways, so nine years go by. The movie's getting ready to release in year 10. Lucasfilms comes back to Marvel at the negotiation table for the next comic line. And they go, ooh, we got big dick money now, son. The world is ready for Star Wars. They love it. They're eating it up like cotton candy at the state fair. 
love it. So at this point, Lucasfilms has much more negotiating room with Marvel. So they keep Marvel on because of how well they've done in the marketing. But it's at a much better rate. And so as episode 8 and 9 come out, you get the uh, next series of... You mean 8? 5 and 6. Sorry. Okay. My bad. All right. That moonshine. <laughs> I was about to say nine has not come out yet. <laughs> That's what we're waiting two anyway. days for right now. <laughs> so because episode uh, five and six were so far off, they said, "Okay, we're going to re- revisit the table." They couldn't reach an agreement. Lucasfilms goes elsewhere because Marvel basically wanted rights to movie content to produce for comics because. This is what did well. We don't want to waste time with expanding the universe. Yeah. We already have our own Marvel shit we have to deal with. Nine years later, they're like on the precipice of the of the bubble bus and they see it coming and they're already hemorrhaging and selling off different rights. And they're like, we don't want to have to be contracted to produce your shit when we're trying to manage our money. Right? Mm-hmm. So Lucasfilms takes the universe elsewhere. And this leads you to I gotta look up. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. So bear with me for three seconds, folks. One, two, three. <clears throat> we bared with you now. All right. Yes. There, no, that's not it. I grabbed the wrong link. Sorry, folks. All right. Bear with us for two more. Twenty-four and a half seconds. There we go. The origin of the Jedi. Yeah. So, what Lucasfilm wanted to focus on was expanding the lore episode 4 brought to the forefront. Because, as it said, episode 4 is episode 4. So, you're already technically halfway through the evolution of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Based on the first two trilogies. So, what they did was, when they couldn't reach an agreement with uh, Marvel, they took their comics to a couple of other publishing companies. The first publishing company only covered one or two articles, or one or two aspects, and they weren't happy with it. So, then they took it to the third publishing company... Called Dark Horse Comics. Ooh, yeah. um, Dark Horse Comics at that point was a, a much more manageable comic book franchise. They weren't as big as Marvel. They didn't have an ego. They're pretty prominent now. And they, yeah, they are now because of yeah. this content. Um, and so uh, the the first adaptations were written by John Ostrander and illustrated by Jane uh, Dorsema. Hope I'm pronouncing those right. Anyways, so they took on the story of the original Jedi, which basically is not how we think of Jedi by Star Wars Episode Four. It's old, old, old school pre Episode One. Yeah, and it's the original Force sensitive culture. Um, the Jedi. It starts out on a planet. Uh, no, it's on my phone. God damn, this is my, this is my problem. My, 36,000 BBY, bro. My intel is so scatterbrained. So, it starts on a planet, uh, called, what is it called? Starts on a planet called Camino. So, it's basically, so, this con- this comic originally broke down the origin content for the Force and the original Jedi. And this comic book, which technically is no longer canon because Disney bought them and determined what was canon, this this specific comic strip is no longer canon, but 
this was the content that served as the source material for the Clone Wars saga that is now on Netflix, which is considered canon. Right, but my thing is, is that my point was that anything that happened before Disney bought it was wiped clean, and they basically picked the carcasses of everything Lucasfilm had did up until the purchase That's and, decided, and decided what was canon and what was right. not, or and what so, they would include in something that was going to be included. Right, so this is where we wrap around back to your, your mm-hmm. aspect of it and what Disney made canon and what they didn't. It's what Disney did make canon is much more applicable to a uh, televised movie, TV series, spinoff franchise, which is basically what we have now, where each uh, director gets their own film, gets to put their own stamp on it, and Disney pretty much gives them the reins of the rope. And if they run it into the ground, they kick them. If they don't run it into the ground, they go, okay, we'll give it to you again. Which was which was the primary problem with the DB brothers. There's two rumors. Neither of the who are gonna produce that new right, so trilogy. The, yeah, there's two rumors. The DB Brothers were supposed to produce a new trilogy, but then they couldn't agree on a. The DB Brothers wouldn't budge on the content that they were allowed to use. Um, whether that means they preferred the original comic book material as source material, or they were being forced to work with the Disney Plus canon material and they didn't like it. There's no clear determination on that. But essentially, Disney was like. We'd prefer you guys just abdicate and step down and we'll find somebody else or we'll take you to court and it'll take eight years, but we'll bury your ass in court. <laughs> and the DB brothers like, you know what? We're just going to move on. That's the public statement. I would say due to the backlash of HBO, Disney was like, you have to maintain continuity. You have to. I know we promised you guys you had free reign for creative purposes. But you're going to have to go off of our content. Because if you don't, it's going to end up like Game of Thrones. And you have <laughs> even less time. You're going to have, I guarantee you that's, that's how the yeah. went, bro. Like, we don't need that backlash. We don't need that last season. We don't want that. Backlash. We just spent multi-billions of dollars. You know what they said in that meeting? Marvel, by we just. You know what they said in that meeting? We just spent millions of dollars. Cleaning up Johnson's mess. Oh, <laughs> we need you. We need you. <laughs> to tell the Which, party line. I do not think it was a mess, by the way. I'm no, I think I think I think they made the right choice. I mean, the DB brothers already showed that they're willing to mm-hmm. fuck up the ending. Yeah. After they put in the effort on the front. Yeah. They don't have the perfectionist in them mm-hmm. required of. Not academy academy films, but like true mm-hmm. cult classic films. Right, yeah. like uh, Spielberg can talk shit about Gremlins all he wants. There's a reason every network shows that shit around Christmas. Yeah, everybody else loves it except for Spielberg because he's the guy who wrote it. And he's his own perfectionist, which makes sense. That's his art. Fine, you don't like the adaptation. Fair. Right. It's it's Someone clearly has to make it's a clearly an abdication down from the original content. No joke. No no question. Yeah. Um, and I think they made the right choice. DB Brothers, they're like guys. Take the boot, or we'll put ourselves out of business trying to bury you in lawsuits. And DB was like, "We don't want to fuck with Disney." Yeah. And they were like, "We'd much rather just move on to our new, to our new shit." Yeah. Which I think was good in and of itself, but then the way Star Wars went about uh, subsidizing each movie to a different director fucked up the new trilogy. 
because there was no cohesive mm-hmm. direction. Even if you had other yeah, exec- that was my move. Even, I don't think even this if is you my had other co-producer. Right. Hold on, hold on, on. This is my thing. Ryan Johnson did not totally screw mm. the franchise, mm-hmm. but he did the first one. You right? no, he did the second one. The second. But you made a grave oh, mistake by not letting J.J. Abrams do all three. Yes. If you would have let J.J. Abrams do all three, it would have been smooth sailing. You wouldn't know how to do anything. The thing about J.J. Abrams, though, which is why you can't fault Disney, is that he didn't want to do Star Wars in the first place. Like, right. He was like, I don't want to do After number one, he was done. Because he was like, well, he just he just didn't need to stress. Yeah, he was like, I don't need like, people sending me from death a, threats from because a I ignored right. a certain aspect. Because Star Wars fans are freaking crazy, bro. Yeah, like, as a Star Wars fan, as a Star Wars fan, I'm I like, disconnect myself from the you core some fan. Shit up, son. So this, so, okay, so this is where I gotta jump back in. Right now, we're touching on the subject of co-producers versus divergent producers um, or unique producers. Uh, per installment, which in and of itself is its own good debate, but more importantly for Star Wars, the the, the clips I sent you were uh, break synopsis breakdown videos on the origins of the Force mm-hmm. and the original society that discovered uh, the Force-sensitive totems mm-hmm. that then granted them the knowledge of how or the innate ability to tap into the Force. It didn't quite reveal all the secrets. Mm-hmm. Per se, but it granted them the the capability, if you will, or the knowledge, the intuition to tap into the force. And then, um, I thought I had it in my phone. I don't. So, the original uh, tribe of people that discovered it were the uh, Diamundo or Diamundo. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. This tribe discovered the first totem on their planet, and like any precursor species, they basically revered as a god and as a religious context, and then eventually they treated it as a scientific discovery. Once they treated it as a scientific discovery, they actually enter in into the into the uh, what's it called the Yor the Thuyor, I think it's called Thuyor, which is basically the like pyramid level or pyramid size structure and once they enter and come back out they're force sensitive that tribe then goes on to produce more children right but before they can produce their generations of force sensitive children they're moved by the thormu to a total different planet called uh thytus or titus and this is basically a planet full of uh basically force sensitive creatures and not just but the whole but the planet itself is missing sentient force sensitive humanoids so the theormu basically goes it think of it like a divergent species it sends multiple structures across the galaxies and the universe it picks up wookies it picks up all kinds of species humanoids grants them force sensitivity brings them back to this planet where they are then left to fend for themselves, basically. The Thormu go dormant, the, everybody who jumped on them is stuck there, and they go on to have children who basically, over time, discover the fact that in order to 
to tame this world. It's a very volatile world. In order to control and maintain this world, they have to be in balance with the Force. They have to know when to use their emotions to power the Force like the Sith do, and they have to know when to abdicate their emotions and be impartial like the Jedi do in order to survive. Right? And basically, they have to be in balance at all times. These This younger generation of the uh, Amundu uh, uh, basically then splinter off into what we think of as Jedi versus Sith, the light and the dark side of the Force. Some of them believe total abdication of emotion is the right way to go. Some of them believe absolute uh, embrace of emotion is the way to go, creating the Sith-Jedi dichotomy. Eventually, the planet descends into civil war between the two factions. Then this is, again, before you have the establishment of Jedi versus Sith. They're just like emotion versus no emotion at this point. And this is where you have the awesome scene of, like, 50 Sith igniting their lightsaber. Right. And so, again, these comics have been abdicated by Disney as non-canon. But these comics served as the the continuity for the ad, the Clone Wars animated series. Nah, bro. Adaptation. Disney will always know that if they're gonna ever make a franchise out of this, they have that. They the have Wars. to reference that. Right. So so they have to so recognize let's be clear that. about the timeline. Like Disney is on a no, no, no. straight like they have and they have not. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we get into canon versus non-canon mm-hmm. for Disney based on. The expanded universe and the Lucas universe, right? Um, so, Dark Horse Comics is part of the expanded universe, air quotes, even though the content material from the comics is used in canon lore, technically. And again, these comics were adapted to the Clone Wars saga, and the Clone Wars saga, which is the next step we have that we need to come along, right? So, this is episode four, episode five. No. Clone Wars? Are no, Clone Wars, Wars is, is... One through three. One through three, yeah. So, one through or three... the prequel trilogy. The prequel trilogy was based on the Clone Wars material, which... Is you sad. can't say Clone Wars saga. You gotta say Clone Wars I'm period. I'm, because okay. this whole nine films okay. so is called have, the Skywalker okay, so, saga. So, you have the prequel trilogy. This is where it gets complicated. Yeah. So, you have the prequel trilogy, which... Is basically, uh, for those of you who watch anime, it's basically the OVA of the Clone Wars. The mm-hmm. prequel trilogy is basically a snapshot of the Clone Wars, is what OVA basically stands yeah. for. Um, it's an overview analysis, right? And so, the Clone Wars trilogy movie series is, a, is just a synopsis. The cartoon animated series that is now on Netflix currently is... The content created and adapted from this original expanded universe comics that I've been referencing, the, the story of the original Jedi published by Dark Horse Comics, because that's where Lucasfilms wanted to go. They wanted to flush out the universe, but they didn't want to spend 10 years building films. <laughs> Hashtag Marvel. Did it right. Um, and so the films were lackluster, which is why a lot of the fan base hates them. Because there's not enough detail in them, um, but in the in the anime, you can't really fit a lot of it's detail. It's impossible. I mean, into a this, film, this unless you should always have been a TV series. Like the first three movies should not have been movies. No. Yeah. No. 
What I think the is, first three movies should have been the culmination. Sorry, episode four through six should have been the culmination of a twenty-year publication and a TV series, starting with the origins of the Jedi, which is what they went with as step two. They started at the Lucasfilm started at the conclusion of the of the four series, and then went back to the original, like any good sequel does. Right, you have your establishment film. Then you have your sequel, which is a prequel, which establishes where the story picked up from. That's how every trilogy goes. Okay, right? I partially agree with you. I, from a writer's because standpoint, I think not a publication that, standpoint. I think that it's okay for them to still keep their trilogy format. I do too, but I'm but saying they what I'm should saying have is they, not. They should have done it as TV series. They should have said no. Season one through three is. Arbitrary, arbitrary number. The Each first part of episode four should have been eighteen episodes. Episode five and six should have been probably like thirty-six to forty combined. And then your first trilogy, one through three, should have been another sixty episodes, establishing the continuity. Because the universe is too massive, right? It's like Harry Potter had to be broken up into two parts for Deathly Hollows. It was, at that point, the universe was too big. The details were too expansive. The fan base was too rabid to not give them the details in the cinematic universe, which they learned from Lucasfilms. They learned from the fuck-up of, of Star Wars. You don't mm-hmm. get enough detail in an hour-and-a-half, two-hour movie. Well, they should have just took the Marvel format, which is, they should have created... Well... I know that, but they should have taken That's the what they main should films. Now. They should have they should take the well, main films. I'm sorry. Make the main films, but then they should include various different T V series that yes. fill in for a storyline. Yes. That that's what been, I feel like they should And that's basically what, what we have with Clone Wars mm-hmm. before Disney buys them. Clone Wars uh, the last Padawan series, which came after Clone Wars, is basically it's what Disney refers to as the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they say a bunch of that's not canon. But the important thing, again, getting back to my main point, is that the Clone Wars saga, the TV series, that Disney does consider canon is based on the origin of the Jedi storyline that Lucasfilms had Dark Horse Comics produce. Now, key factor here, in the comic book adaptation to the digital series, they change the inherent origins of the Force. Anakin, again, this is arcing across the first three movies. This is the context behind the first three movies that you don't get. You get all of the Obi-Wan, Anakin uh, transference. You get the secret training of uh, Anakin by uh, Senator Palpatine. To lead him to the darkness, to the to the Sith side of the Force, and more importantly, you get an origin story for Darth Vader, right? Because you can argue about whether or not Palpatine actually led him into it versus it was his choice in the end. But the Clone Wars saga, the TV series on Netflix currently, actually establishes that it was Anakin's choice to pursue the path of Darth Vader, knowing the consequences of becoming that Darth Vader. 
right, of becoming a Sith Lord. And this is established in a three-episode series or three-episode arc within Clone Wars. Basically, Obi-Wan and Anakin are, are investigating this planet, which is the original planet of the Force where the first tribe from the mm-hmm. comics discovered the Force, right? The, the Daibindu discovered the Force. So they crash land on this planet once they... He come. could have had a great life, but he gave it all up. No, he wouldn't have had a great life. He would have had a really mm-hmm. shitty mundane life. Hang well, on, I'm gonna that, get there. That's have you watched okay. the Clone Wars saga? Well, I know this exactly. You know the episodes so, I'm yeah, talking I know about? Yeah, okay. I know okay. exactly what you're okay. talking about. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, he would have never turned into Darth Vader. He just would have been... That's not true. In it... When he okay. he would have been in the that, everlasting battle. We're jumping yeah. ahead. We're jumping okay. ahead. Okay, all right. We're jumping ahead. So for those of you who have not watched it, go binge mm-hmm. watch it. All five seasons are on Netflix. I think it's five seasons. All the seasons are on Netflix. I know that. So they crash land on this planet. They can't get off the planet because of the fo- interference of the Force, and the Force is basically navigating Anakin down this path. And the reason for this, which for some reason is hotly contested, is that Anakin is actually a child of the Force. Yeah. And and lovers of the TV of the movies will bitch back and forth about no, he's not a child of the Force. He's a child of this world, which is why he becomes a Sith and he couldn't get over the death of his mother and his time as a slave and blah 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 blah. And the Jedi didn't treat him correctly and blah 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 blah. It's not that. I know that you want to think it's that, but even in the comic book lore, it's not that. Even the original, original content that Lucasfilms produced before being bought by Disney, that's not why Anakin becomes a motherfucking Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck over it. Anyways, he goes. He crash lands on this planet, and while Obi-Wan's trying to figure out a way to repair a ship, he's investigating the planet by himself. He runs into the quote-unquote father of the Force. It's basically the original Force user... Presumably, or inferred, the last descent, the pure descendant of the Bendu tribe, mm-hmm. and he's remained on this planet when all of the Bendus have abdicated their position on the planet and fled. This old man uh, discovered a wife, married her, but she was not of the Bendu line. She was a, of another undisclosed uh, species from across the uh, the universe. He brought her. To his, to his home, they had kids, they had a daughter and a son. The daughter ends up following the light side of the Force, or the Jedi side of the Force, what we come to know as the Jedi. The son follows the Sith side, or the dark side of the Force, the Force we come to know as the Sith once the dark Force users come across the Sith clan, which is a whole sp- species um, stemming from Darth Maul. The species that Darth Maul belongs to, the the Darth Mir, are um, basically where of Darth Mir, Darth Mir, thank you, are basically where the the Sith take their name from. It's an honorific in that species, basically, and because the the Dark Force uses basically decided these this species truly embodies the Force. We'll teach them how to use the Force. And every child. And this is where we'll build our ranks from. And so they, they go to Darkmere and they set up base there, basically. Um, and they basically become the witches of, of the Sith. And then they go on to create uh, 
pupils like Darth Maul, right? It's where Count Dooku ends up going to discover to finish his path to darkness before he becomes an apprentice. And basically, to become a Darth apprentice or a, a Sith apprentice, you have to pass the trials of the Darth Mirror. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you die. If you do, you survive. Typical canon bullshit for most right. fantasy stories. Anyways. Which I Anakin, think Kylo Ren is on right now. I think so, too. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we'll get to that. We'll, have yeah. to get, we'll eventually get to that. So, Anakin goes to this planet in the canon series, which has been adapted from the Dark Horse comics. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he is swayed. Uh, the, the, the Sith Lord, the Sith Ambassador, if you will, of the Dark Side of the Force says, look, if you're actually going to... He, he realizes he can't persuade Anakin. He says, well, if you're actually going to take my father's place, then you actually should get the full picture. He goes, well, if you're actually going to be impartial and fair and bring balance, you need to know both sides. You've got to have them both. And eventually he persuades Anakin to come to the dark side of the planet and look into the well of the Sith, basically, and see his future as a Sith Lord. And what he inevitably ends up seeing is the death of Padme, the birth of his children, his fallen Darth Vader, his betrayus, his betrayal by Palpatine, and his inevitable culmination of children who bring balance to the Force. And so, in this TV series, he goes, I'm not going to sacrifice my wife. I'm not going to sacrifice Padme. He dips out, knowing it's his choice to leave the Force planet and, or Thormu and or I guess at this point it would be Tython. He, he chooses to leave Tython and literally abdicate his place, re- replacing the father of the, the good and light children. Well, not only that, the light and the dark light children. child he, he, is killed. Yeah. yeah. And then the darkness spreads, which is... Which is why Ray is born. Yeah. Well, inadvertently. So Anakin is a child of the forest, born onto the universe to bring back balance. He then abdicates his position of balance, resulting in the death of the light side ambassador to the balance regime. He then proceeds to take his position as Darth Vader, betrays Palpatine, ends up killing Palpatine, and taking over the Empire with the foreknowledge from the his vision on the planet of the Force, with the foreknowledge of his own demise. And how it's going to happen. And he continued forward. It's probably made him one of the most powerful. Oh my god. The only other Darth the Plagueis. only other Sith Lord as powerful as him would have been Darth Plagueis. Right. Who is. But how'd you know in your path? You probably would have no fear. Which is crazy. I think it's not because if you think think about it, he had absolute love for his kids. Mm, Which is how did you have absolute? mm, So this is the second link I sent you. Okay. So the second link I sent you is about the secret training of Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Which is basically his indoctrination by Palpatine and how Palpatine's influence as a senator to remove him from the Jedi Order school. Mm -hmm. He goes well based on my experience on Naboo. I think I have a special connection with him. And he's counseling with Mace Windu in this. And Mace Windu abdicates the education of Anakin Skywalker to Palpatine. Says, if you feel it necessary, please take him. 
we're happy. We think we have it in hand, but if you feel like you need him, then because the, at that point, the Jedi, episode four, the Jedi are under the strict control and service of the uh, Senate. And so Palpatine takes him through all these nooks and crannies, the ins and outs of the world, explaining the great areas of the world. And the first interaction Palpatine takes him on is a, uh, an introduction to this club on the, on the surface level of uh, the world the Senate exists on. And he's like, look at this senator. He's here in this wretched club. Because Anakin's like, why doesn't the Senate just come down here and like get rid of this place? Why don't you just make a unilateral decision for good like the Jedi do? And he goes, this is a home for the senators. This whole place, this whole casino is filled with senators. Participating in illegal gambling, betting their own uh, their own prefecture, prefecture's currency, wasting their, their, their contributors' money. There are senators down here buying prostitutes and co- basically complicit in all the illicit activities that they say that they don't support, right? Showing him the corruption in the gray areas of the universe. And so Anakin uses his force powers to change the role of the die so that now this guy's in a huge, and this senator's in a massive hole, right? He was skimming off the top, basically, of the books. Now he's in a massive hole, so he has to keep making greater and greater gambles to recoup the money, come back, and to cover up his, his theft. And this is Palpatine's trick. He disguises the path to the Sith as noble, altruistic executive action. Right. Hashtag American politics. Um, and this, and this, and so the secret training of Anakin Skywalker is basically the application of Palpatine's gray area lessons across his experience, and how it inevitably leads him down the path of darkness. And again, Clone Wars comes out after the the te- the, the movies, so take it with a grain of salt. Because if you go back and watch the movies after you watch Clone Wars, there's no indication from the actor for Anakin that he's aware of all this predetermined destiny that he knows based on the Clone Wars saga, which is canon, he knows he's inevitably going to fall into. Mm-hmm. All he knows, you can infer that all he knows, all he's seen on, on the planet of the Force is that there's going to be some highly influential, effective, negative, dark force in his life that guides him down the path of darkness, leading him to embrace the Sith and embrace his mantle as Darth Vader kill his Sith Master, because at this point, the the rule of two for the Sith has been established, which was set in place by Darth Plagueis, post-Sith uh, Lord Civil War, which is a whole other amazing thing. What? what, what the Civil War within, yeah. the, within the Sith. Oh, yeah. Basically, like, seven Sith Lords, who all, basically, the balance falls out of balance, because they all fall to end fighting and start to kill each other and then the Jedi come in uh, with the help of the Senate and start to exterminate them. And so Darth Plagueis is the, is the only one to survive, basically. And he and he creates the rule of two for the Sith, where mm-hmm. there will always be a master and an apprentice. And the only way for an apprentice to surpass the master is to kill the master and continue on and sacrifice his livelihood to continue to search for balance in the Force via the emotional conduit of the darkness, right? 
And so that is to say that your apprentice abdicates their own plans of revenge, which inevitably is what brought them to the Sith, like Anakin, and his 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 seeking of vengeance for Padme and the loss of his loved ones against Palpatine. That brings him to the Sith because he feels he needs that power and he's abdicated his destiny to that to that route by leaving the planet of the Force. He comes back full circle and is like, okay, now I'm a fucking Darth Vader, bitch. And he starts this whole secret war against Palpatine, right? Keeping the the survival the sur, the survival of uh, Luke and Leia secret from Palpatine, uh, pursuing them across the galaxy, trying to get them under his control and make them safe, so that Palpatine can't use them against them when he goes to kill Palpatine for killing Padme, right? All of this is unfolding post. Sith Revolution, right? Post Sith Civil War, and Plagueis has instituted the rule of two. Now you can pin in this shit that I'm thinking right now, right. so you which I've been like thinking for a long of time, apprentices, right? This My, okay. So this is how the Sith always pick their apprentices to surpass a master, right? For Kylo Ren, bring that full circle. Kylo Ren has his Knights of Ren, which follow him, but. Yeah, but this like makes, Anakin, this Kylo no slaughters sense. the bases. He slaughters the pupils that would serve to be his 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 counterparts in apprenticeship to the Sith. Have you seen the trailer where Kylo Ren visits apparently what's supposed to be Palpatine in his like in his lair, and the commentary I think that's says I have been. Every voice that you've heard inside of your head, but every line was like Palpatine, Snoke, Vader. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, which is why in the last trailer they like in the in the white sand class they end up destroying the mantle that Vader's helm sits on. Right. So my thing is, had you been that freaking smart in orchestrating everything? Wasn't it orchestrated for you to even have Vader throw you down a freaking... No, because that is the downfall of the Sith. You that said what? All, so that's always the down... The, so in the, in, the, in the lore, that's always the downfall of every Sith Lord. Is that his ego and his control over his apprentice inevitably leads to the apprentice's opening. Yeah, but he's inevitably smart enough to survive that shit. So he probably saw it coming. So how do you not see it coming? Right. Like you so don't. So it's ab- so it's about abdication of power to maintain mm. balance, right? There's a misconception that the Sith seek that the Sith seek to inherently imbalance the Force, which is not true. This is a misconception of good versus evil, and how morality of humans and and democratic society overshadows interpretation of continuity in a in a fantasy series, right? We as a society have applied good and evil to light and dark in the series, when it's not about that. It's about the conflict of light and dark creating a balance. Right. Right, and being brought to balance by a conduit force, by an impartial object force, like the father of the force with his two children in the the Star Wars Clone Wars saga. Anakin was originally supposed to take his position because he was dying. And then he didn't. 
So the first the first child of the forest meant to maintain balance was then lost to the Sith. So they had to create the force then inevitably by by lore creates another child of the force as strong as the Sith child who fell, aka Anakin. So Anakin's kid, or another kid, which is supposed to be Ray at this point, people thought it was supposed to be Luke. It could, you could still argue that it was Luke. Yeah. But based on the recent trilogy, Luke is like, fuck the force. <laughs> right? So he's not actually doing his part. That's probably how Luke is intended to be. Darth Vader, Anakin, is, becomes the Sith embodiment. Therefore, he writes in a new character that is his son that balances out the Force. They're in eternal conflict. Then you have Leia left mm-hmm. in the middle. Just like you have Rey left in the middle. Rey, like Anakin, abandoned on a planet no abject connections, grows up in a harsh world. The difference is that Anakin was brought into the Order at age 9 after losing his mother. After his mother sent him away. And as some writers would interpret it, abandoned him. Other writers would interpret it as she sent him away for his own good. Regardless, Anakin inevitably understands that that he's been removed by the light side ambassadors of the Force from what he valued. And therefore, it makes it easier for him to abdicate his position as the arbiter of balance. But, Anakin eventually falls to to the Sith. Luke eventually rises or falls to the light side. They're locked in a duality. Then you have a huge gap of time in between continuity and, and retconning and sales and purchases of corporate companies and studios before Lucasfilms can actually establish Padme as the balancing force, which would be the opposite dichotomy of what we saw in the Clone Wars series, where you have a daughter and a son abdicating balance to the father. Now you have a father and a son abdicating balance to a sister, right? Instead, you have a whole bunch of corporate policies and sales and ambitions added into it for real world continuity. And now we're left with Kylo Ren, the latest Skywalker. Fuck all you people who don't think that Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. I know you're out there. He's descended from Darth Vader, bitch. Get the fuck over it. Darth Vader's a Skywalker. He's the Skywalker. Go suck a dick. Stop sitting there trolling on forums pretending that Kylo Ren is not the Skywalker and that Rey is the Skywalker. She's not. Dude, it's, there's a possibility that she could No, be. it's already been approved. She's the child of Palpatine. It's already been confirmed. By who? By Disney. Disney had the producers go on and say, hey, look, Rey is, is intended to be the daughter of Palpatine, but we're not sure how important that relationship is going to be. That's literally what they said. That's literally the nature of what they said. Don't, don't count it as a verbatim quote. That's the nature of what they said. And the problem with this huge arcing universe is the same problem Game of Thrones have with the DB brothers. When you start abdicating a trilogy to uh, divergent producers or unique producers per film, you don't have a cohesive mindset. Even if Lucas, as he has managed to negotiate, is still allowed to sit in on the writer's table, reading table, 
give his notes, he's not in control of the production. His universe, his masterpiece, if you want to call it that, you know, might have been ahead of its time, but now that its time has caught up to what he wants to do, he no longer has the power and influence to dictate the direction. And so Disney goes and hires a whole bunch of new producers and goes, here's your one-off. Do it good, we'll keep you on. Do it shitty, we're not going to keep you on. And that's how it's gone for the last two episodes, episode seven and eight. And that, I mean, that's just literally how it's gone. Episode seven, hit or miss, depending on where you stand on our real-world principles. Episode eight, a little better, kind of tried to salvage it a little bit. And then you have, I think the then you have like Rogue One, which mm-hmm. is like... Awesome. Awesome, but not part of like the trilogy series, mm-hmm. which people think that it was. I'm like, no. It is a pretextual retcon as to how the, the, the Rebels gained the, uh, the, which is great. the Star Destroyer's blueprint so that Anakin could fly in and like blow it up and somehow curve missiles through space. You mean Luke. Luke, sorry. Luke could fly in and kill his father's base with missiles that somehow curve through space. Which doesn't make a fucking ounce of sense as far as sci-fi it's a is concerned. Event. It, it sucks. Right, but like he's flying down a horizontal ditch in the Star Destroyer. He's flying down an alcove that stretches around to the vent. And if you go back and you watch the clip, he shoots it over the horizon of the curve into the vent. Yeah, because it's a vent. It's impossible on a horizontal axis. To curve. He'd have to be coming in perpendicular to shoot into the curve. But then Luke the wants... And then peel off. This is my... Be, he can't be peeling across the Star Destroyer and then peel off and shoot this down. This is my problem oh my with Star Wars fans. You want him to be the hero in Episode 8 that just comes out. No, fuck Episode 8. I'm talking about the Episode no. where they destroy the... I know. Can you give me a moment? I'm sorry. I'm bashing oh. the fans here. Okay, bash away, my friend. Everyone wants to bash Ryan Johnson for making Luke this whiny person who doesn't want to accept the Force. They want to make <laughs> Luke. They want to make Luke this guy who's like the hero. He's the most powerful of them all. He balances the Force, but nobody can see that he possibly could have used the Force to bend um, those freaking things. Clever. Okay, I'm, I'm following your line. So, of go ahead. I like it. I do really like it. My I thing should. is, if freaking Kylo Ren can stop a blaster fire in midair, mm-hmm. and Luke is supposed to be the most powerful Jedi at the time, and what we know by the Clone Wars saga is that when there is less light side Jedi, they the power stronger. concentration is yeah. stronger. You trying to tell me that Luke probably wouldn't That's be able to bend those things down the freaking vent? This is why okay. I have a problem with Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Is that they get too hooked onto the lore. They don't actually follow the logic of the lore that they're mm-hmm. hooked onto. Mm-hmm. So my thing is that... Read your, read your stuff, man. People need to read onto your stuff. The whole thing, I feel like... The story has been vetted and has been great from the beginning. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's an issue what's current with what currently going on. I think that from the inception of this this sequel saga, they have actually known what the whole arc is going to be from the beginning. And I don't think it was anything wrong with making Luke this person who doesn't accept the Force because if you look at Joseph Campbell's model for our hero's journey, mm-hmm. you know that it's a cyclical pattern. Right. Which is how and the Force that, is supposed to fucking work. Exactly. Which is why Rey is the new... Ch- Palpatine creates Rey as the new Darth or the new Sith, right? But Kylo Ren is already occupying the Sith. And at the time that Kylo and Rey are born, Luke is occupying the power of the light side of the Force. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Rey, as the third born in that trilogy, the Force balancers, as a child of the Force, should, not that she will be, should be written in as the balancing factor, as the arbiter of balance. Whereas Luke is the arbiter of light, and Kylo is the arbiter of the Sith. Yeah, but now that Luke is gone... Now that he's gone, now you get... So, wrapping back around to the real-world implications of franchising of of a fantasy world, with a company like Disney, we get back to your original point back when Episode 8 first came out, or mm-hmm. 7 first came out, and we were debating about the direction that Disney was going to take this. This was like two years ago, mm-hmm. back in your old apartment. Right. And you were like, no, it doesn't make sense for them to write it in continuity because then you can't milk the franchise, which you just spent X amount of billions of dollars buying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, true, but they should write it this way. And I was trying to explain these this back lore to you, but... I didn't have the source material then. And so now we wrap back around to your point, which is in that, which has proven itself true. You were right. Mm. They're milking the, the trichotomy of light side of the forest versus dark side of the forest with the arbiter balance in between. And they're playing the old, uh, Ponzi game of where's, where's the, the rock under these three cups, right? You find the P, you find the rock, and you win. You find the P, you find... It's three-card Monty, is what is what it's called today. So they're playing... The, the producers are are essentially being required to play three-card Monty with characters, but they get to choose which characters get to be light, get to be dark, get to be propped up for all the original content lovers and the comic lovers as the arbiter of balance. And then they get to pull a three-card Monty second movie into their trilogy and go, up. Oh, you were wrong. Here's your cliffhanger. You gotta come watch episode three in our trilogy to figure out whether or not Ray's gonna be a balancer of the force, or Kylo's gonna be a balancer of the force, or if Luke's gonna continue to survive, and who's gonna replace who. And as it's fallen out, because Luke is no longer around, and it's titled Rise of Skywalker, again, fuck you fans out there who think Ray's a fucking Skywalker just because she had a touching moment with fucking Leia. Ugh. No. I'm 100% of the mindset that Ray, like every other person who started out good, should end up becoming the Sith. Or, not that I think the, the writers and editors are aware of this and producers are aware of this, or she becomes a Grey Jedi, which is inherently no, Grey Jedi. I think she becomes dark side 
because the fact that the fucking critics are so the critics are so sideways on if they're going to be like this film or not. What's the uh, time stamp? What do you mean? Just what's oh, the time stamp? Oh, 2.37.40. So, 2 hours, 37 minutes, mm-hmm. 40 seconds. So, if you watch the reviews right now, people are like, man, this is full of reveals, but I don't know how to take this payoff. Like, See, I don't, I don't know think it is. Payoff. I think the editor they have is just fabulous. I think... Ray become I I don't know. There's a couple things that could happen here. First of all, I think there's a possibility of Finn being a freaking plant, bro. A Finn? I honestly think so. So he's force sensitive, which is the he's the wild card in mm-hmm. in the universe right now. So I'm gonna strike this out. So what what makes you think he's force sensitive though? He had a scene where he pulled literally pulled a lightsaber. You don't you don't need. To be force sensitive to pull a light. Yes, you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You need to be force sensitive to make one. No. But you don't need to be force no, no, no. sensitive to ignite one. No. Igniting one is not the trick. The igniting one is based on a power correlation within the mechanics of a lightsaber. You're, you are correct in the initial premise that, yes, based on continuity, you do have to have force sensitivity in order to make a lightsaber, but only to the extent that you have to be able to go to the the, the force cavern and identify which crystal mm-hmm. your and your your persuasion of the force resonates to. Right. But you don't have to be force sensitive to turn on a lightsaber once it's constructed. Which is why Jedi who Exactly which Hang on. Which is why Jedi who use blue light, who inherently are given blue lightsabers, can use green, or why Jedi can you use? Ooh, that felt good. Sorry. Jedi can inherently use red lightsabers, which we've seen in the Clone Wars saga, where Anakin and um, the female Sith apprentice—I can't remember her name now—Ahsoka. No, no, no. Ahsoka is his apprentice who becomes a gray Jedi, and a gray Jedi is the embodiment of balance. Female Sith apprentice, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I Light, white, gray skin. She's one of the. She was originally trained by the witches as a yeah. witch, and she was like. I can't so, remember her name right I now. I can't remember either. Fans know who, who we're talking yeah. about. Starts with like a P or something. Anyways. Anakin is able to use a lightsaber. It's not because he's force sensitive, because once a crystal which has been imbued with a, a, a force sensitive person's frequency is embedded in the in the mechanics, you hit the button and it draws out that mechanic, regardless of who's holding it. It draws out the nature of the crystal, which is established by the user who creates it. So yes, you have to be force sensitive to technically build a lightsaber, but not to use one. Secondly, the episode where where Finn uses the lightsaber, he actually calls it to him. No, he doesn't. I think he does. No. It was an episode... Eight? Eight. Eight. No, seven. Seven, sorry. Yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Seven uses it. It's when they're in the, uh, the he's camp. Given, he's given he's it by away. Maz Kanata. No, he's, Maz Kanata gives it to hand, Rey. He's handed it. No, Maz Kanata gives it to Rey. And she loses it in the fight. 
No, 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 no. Yes, that's why she's using her staff mm-hmm. instead of the lightsaber. She hands. She, I gotta rack watch it. You do because okay. it's. I don't know what happens, but he's not called. Ray is the one that calls it. Ray is the one that uses the force to. Yeah, when she's fighting call. Kylo in the in right. the snow. But but when she's being chased by stormtroopers, she's using a fucking blaster. Yeah, because Finn has the lightsaber. He goes up against the. Uh, he goes up against the the stormtrooper. The stormtrooper with the, uh, electrical baton. Exactly, because he was handed the lightsaber by Maz Kanata. Yeah. He 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 didn't call it. He's not. If you listening, but this is. Please let us but know. Actually, at us and let us but know actually, but actually, this is one us. of my theories that he is force sensitive. But I don't think that. No, he is. There's no there's no a, no. Oh no. I think that I should watch that. One of my <laughs> theories is that Ray probably tries to train Poe and Finn because Poe is not force sensitive. Pilots are always usually force sensitive. Stop! You're just basing that off a of loop. That's not true. And Anakin, who are both pilots and were both force sensitive. Two out of how many men in in females in the Bridger, And Ezra Bridger, who was also a fairly good pilot, who was also force sensitive. Okay, fairly good pilots. Pilots totally are tough. always good okay because you need I agility. Die back, man. Okay, the so way that's one of my stop, out there stop. theories, but it, that's it's a theory very out there because continuity states that. <laughs> The Force embodies itself uniquely in each person. Some, out of all the Force users, yes, there are predispositions. Certain Force skills come to certain kinds of people, right? Some people can communicate with beasts. Some people can't. Anakin could not. He, he sh- always struggled with that. All he picked up on was the emotional trauma that that beast was dealing with, Right? Some force users can use lightning, even if they're on the, even if they're of the light side, like Mace Windu or Yoda, right? Other force users simply are basically telekinetic. They can't necessarily produce a specific form of energy, but they can move things. They can connect to the universe. And so, this is the other important thing. I was, I was going to leave this out. Um, okay. Two things. That's going to be my second thing. We're going to come back to that. And how Force uniquely adapts to people as they grow on their journey. First thing. I'm... I'm 90% sure Poe is Force sensitive. Okay. We're there. I'm going to have, I'm gonna have to go back and clearly like find the fucking scene. Because we're buying tickets to opening night. Mm-hmm. If there's still any left. <laughs> I don't care if I have to drive to my little niche in the whole Greensboro to fucking see that shit. Yeah. I'm going to see that shit open at night. Um, that being said. Not every motherfucking pilot's force sensitive. Dude, it's Stop. a... Stop. So, okay, so this, there's is, my, hella so this pi- is my second point. There are good pilots that yeah, are... good pilots don't... That are... Have screen time in Star Wars movies all over the place. <sighs> now reports, but now all the good pilots... Forces all the good... All the good pilots oh are always Force-sensitive. Oh, my God. They are. You mean all the pilots who get a, a, a key role written into the story? There you go. 
Hell is not Force-sensitive. If you see every freaking pilot, that's always good. They're always Force-sensitive. Kylo, good pilot. Luke, good pilot. Anakin, good pilot. Rey, good pilot. Rey's not a good pilot. She is a good pilot. Have you not? She never spent a day in a ship and flew it like... You're talking about the Millennium Falcon. Better than her first time. You're talking about the Millennium Falcon. Dude, when we're talking about Episode 7 and her flying a no. ship for the first time, no. good pilot. You can't take that as, as just on, on its face value. Have you seen no. Solo? Which is considered continuity, despite how tragic it was? Sure, yeah. So, there's a specific scene in Solo when he's stealing the Millennium Falcon for the first time. Mm-hmm. He uploads an AI into the hard drive of the Millennium Falcon. Han Solo is considered a retcon for how Solo shot first, made the first light jump, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he how, he, how he, how they finally put it. to rest the fact that. No, he didn't do it. Huh? He didn't do it. He uploaded an AI in the movie mm-hmm. to the Millennium Falcon. The movie is considered retcon. That AI then calculated the Kessler jump. Ke- Kessel. Kessler. What the fuck? The thing is that they... Ever. The thing is the that... The point is that the Millennium Falcon knows how to fly itself without a pilot. The thing is that... Hold but the on. AI understands its ability in, like... Any goodwill doing AI and every sci-fi ever, they understand that there's a human X factor, an infallible resistance to the status quo and the into the numbers. And so Ray is able to fly. Han Solo is able to fly. Right? And they make a difference in the, in certain aspects. But predominantly, particularly in the Kessler jump, particularly when Kessel. Ray has Kess Kessler? Kessel. Kessel. No, but the thing about the Kessel, the thing, the thing about the Kessel run is that it was not even about skill; it was about your ability to make a decision. Because the fact is, people were like the Kessel run, like parsecs is not a unit of measurement; it's a like. Well, it is in the Star Wars universe. No, because they figured they they pointed out in Solo that. The fact that the Kessel Run was beaten 12 parsecs is because it takes 14 parsecs to do this Kessel Run. But in this, in Solo, they used, I think it was like a wormhole or something. Mm -hmm. And they closed that distance Mm -hmm. by two parsecs. Mm Mm-hmm. So, right, so they made the they, AI is making up the calculation for human they, error. They made a they okay. made the distance in we're we're, we're narrowing okay. down to the sci-fi. <laughs> Point is Han Solo is not the Admiralty pilot that people think he is, which is what it was established in the movie. The AI does ninety-nine percent of the work. Okay, same I have to go as, back and watch solo. Same as when Ray is piloting it for the first time, yes, as a four sensitive user. She has a natural intuition to lean one way or the other. And she can go, well, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to make it. And you can argue about whether or not she innately, like like Luke innately reinforces an already existing body of mass with the force. Or whether or not she's bending the other objects just enough around her ship. Because of her heightened adrenaline, heightened state of awareness, right? That's been established. It's also been established. 
Hmm, I want to say that. It also should have been established based on the precursor rumors I've heard that um, Samuel Jack Samuel Jackson character is actually getting his own spinoff, Mace Windu. I don't. There's no word out as to whether or not it's supposed to be a prequel before Palpatine and Anakin throw him out the window or post. Mm-hmm. But from what I've been able to suss out, it's supposed to be very much Eric Whitaker style esque. So inevitably, so Eric Whitaker's acting style is like I'm not going to take an act that ties me down to anything. I'm going to have my one off part, and it's going to be as damn good as it's going to be. But you're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Black Panther, Star Wars, whatever, he dies in almost every series that he's ever been in, and it's supposed to have that theme, that like morbid, fatalis concept, mm-hmm. which I'm so hyped for. Mostly because Mace Windu is the only purple Jedi to ever rise to second rank. Or technically, he, mm-hmm. he rose the first rank. Between episode... This is established in Clone Wars as well. But technically, Yoda abdicates position of Supreme Commander of the Jedi to Mace Windu. Mm. During Anakin's training, and Yoda goes off to find the original Force entities and to understand the light side of the Force. He comes to a, a planet of existence which he's guided to by the Force, which then makes him face his darkest Sith self and his final trial. And he comes to to know and learn his, his place in the Force and is thereby gifted with eternal uh, life as a embodiment of the Force, right? Not that he's a child of the Force meant to bring balance, but he's able to just embody 100% of the light side of the Force, which is how he appears as a, a, a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. It's how he appears across the expanses of the universe without having to be there. This is established towards the end of Star Wars Clone Wars TV series on Netflix. He basically pursues the light to its end goal. And in in the, Dagobah. Is it Dagobah? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he pursues his, his pursuit of the light to the very end. And it actually mm-hmm. almost kills him. And then somehow, like, when because of Disney, like, policy restrictions, when he comes out fighting himself, he's, like, uninjured. He's, like, it was more difficult than not expected. Well, I think it just or probably like lays the groundwork for why he, um... More than I knew. Why he was so weak when Luke found him on Dagobah. Right. I think yes. that's what it was laying Yes, you're right. For. He's on that planet when Luke finds him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And so, that brings us back around to the whole balance structure. I think. Because he abdicated, mm-hmm. even though he was very, like, light force sensitive at that point, mm-hmm. he had already abdicated his quote-unquote role as Supreme Commander of the Jedi to Mace Windu. And I so, think there's, um, there's this thing that Yoda gets, which is a common motif, is the unhealable wound. Mm. Which, if you're if you're familiar the, the with it... No, no, no. Like, the unhealable wound. Like, if you're familiar with Frodo in Lord of the Rings, where Whoa. he has to go off 
because he's essentially going to die. Mm-hmm. Because this wound that he has doesn't heal. I think that's the same thing that Yoda has. Is He has the unhealable wound of like carrying a burden and knowing that he in some way kind of failed. That that's why you succumb to that wound. So that that common motif is what I think Yoda suffered from. But I think that laid the groundwork for that for him having this unhealed wound that he eventually suffers from. And once he fulfills his purpose, like Frodo Baggins, once you fulfill your purpose and you destroy the ring, mm-hmm. once you as Yoda fulfill your purpose and train Luke, who's supposed to bring balance to the Force, right? Then you have no purpose, and then you. Then move right, on. So this brings so this brings back to my other point earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that like just because you have a light and a dark side, mm-hmm. uh, supreme commander, if you will, for the force does not mean it's in balance. In order for the force to be in balance, as as according to the canon that Disney has established, particularly with the Clone Wars, not only do you need a, a, an ambassador of the light and dark, like you need a Sith Lord and a Jedi supreme commander or a mm-hmm. Jedi Lord. You need an arbiter of balance, which is again what Anakin was supposed to be, and because mm-hmm. of this like rotation of light, of ambass of neutral ambassador into dark or light, right? And as you said, the fluctuation of power concentration within one side or the other. Well, yeah, that's numbers. why they said the Jedi failed during the prequel trilogy right. because there were so many, many Jedi sharing the light side of the Force, and yeah. there was only one Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Like for well, the there's longest. Palpatine, Dooku, and uh, well, what Sith. you have to know about Dooku is that his time as a Sith was very short. Right, like, he was sharing the, the like, dark he side was an of the apprentice, force. but he yeah. did not complete his, exactly. his encapsulation yeah. to to a Sith Lord, which is why he was killed by Anakin as a Padawan. Which is why the death of Darth well, not the death of Darth Maul, stronger in the Force than he was, regardless right. of light or dark. Which is why the defeat of Darth Maul was such a pivotal moment for Darth Sidious, I feel like. Because well, Darth I, Maul technically was not I feel like he though. was leeching. Darth Maul was. A yeah, lot yeah. So this is so this comes back to the rule of two I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So the rule of two two by this by Darth Plagueis technically only applies to a master and a apprentice, but any master of the Sith mm-hmm. will have more than one apprentice for multiple reasons. Reason one, you don't want your apprentice to grow so fast as a Sith Lord that you're not able to fulfill your ambitions. Two, if you have apprentices vying for the position of Sith Apprentice or Darth Lord or Sith Lord, they're inevitably, before one, if one of them makes a move before the other one, you're always going to have an ally. Right? So let's say you have two pupils, rank A and rank B, right? Rank A is more likely to make a move on you before your plans come to fruition than rank B. But when rank A moves, when your pupil A moves against you, pupil B will defend you, not because he cares about you, but because he wants the position for himself and knows that he's at a weaker position. So if he comes to the aid of a Sith Lord, he'll have a significant advantage of another apprentice he's more on, on, on foot with, right? Right. Now, here's the caveat. This is and this was the problem with Dooku was because at the time Dooku was the apprentice, Anakin was being recruited, and mm-hmm. so counter to Count Dooku's belief, the the 
bias of the dark side was being split. And unfortunately for Dooku, Anakin was significantly more powerful as a child, as a child purely born for the Force balance, right? Like Dooku's Force sensitive. There's a significant lore difference which people don't, which Star Wars fans don't understand. There's an enormous power differential between somebody who's Force sensitive like Poe or Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and somebody who's born to balance the fucking Force. Yeah. To be an arbiter, not of light or dark, but of the force itself. Yeah. You're so powerful in one entity, you serve as the vector of balance from both. Yeah. Right? Which is what Luke was. Not Luke. Um, Anakin was. And it's what Rey is being set up to be. And Kylo yeah. is the Padawan who fell to the dark side. Yeah. And not only did he butcher a significant portion of the light Padawans, but he then took he persuaded other Padawans to join him on the dark side before he was ever a Sith Lord. Yeah. And even now, half after killing Snoke, he's still not a Sith Lord because Snoke is not the Sith Lord that was controlling him. Palpatine is. Mm-hmm. And so now he either has to kill Palpatine or kill Rey in order to assume the mantle of Darth or assume the mantle of Sith Lord. So either the movie goes, he kills Palpatine to prevent him from taking over Rey, even though Rey's shown using a a double-sided lightsaber that folds out that's red, which is the Sith saber. Either he kills Palpatine instead of her. Bro, what if one of the Force-sensitive lightsaber people becomes an apprentice of Kylo Ren? Oh, or what if Kylo rises because he's the only fucking Skywalker left? I feel like there's a. I feel like. I mean, Leia's left, but look, she's not a fucking saber user. Imagine. Let's take a self summon thought experiment here. Imagine you are the balance. Shit. Right. That was like really nothing odd. Oh, yeah, the strawberry? What is it? The blueberry. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, it just tastes like ethanol, son. Trace of mouth, but it's just... <laughs> For those of you who can't see, which is everybody because we don't have a video recording yet, he's borderline tears right now, just shaking his head, moving around his chair, rubbing his legs like somebody who just ate a ghost Ooh. pepper. Just begging for relief. It's hilarious. That was horrible. Yeah, tell me about it. I ate a blueberry. <sighs> Everything comes out at once. There's only one shoe on a blueberry, bro. Right. <laughs> you can you can crush a, a strawberry and split it out. Once you crush a blueberry, that shit's stuck in your teeth. My thing is, imagine you right. don't know your parents. And I'm just thinking about this as a writer. You don't know... You have a character who doesn't know where his parents come from. He grows Someone up. Talking about Kylo? No. Anakin? No. No. Who's talking about? Luke. You don't oh, know who your yeah, parents yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grow up in isolation where you have ambitions, but they're never met because everywhere you turn is nothing but nothing. That's what. You seen Tatum, That's what Tatooine was. It was nothing. It was nothing there but moisture farmers who couldn't. Make it at all because 
there was no freaking moisture on Tatooine, bro. That was the everybody talks about Luke being a small farmer boy. What the hell was he farming? He was a moisture farmer. What moisture was there on Tatooine? There were farmers on Tatooine farming nothing. You're getting the nuances in here. Okay. You're I'm, right, but I'm, I'm saying you. I'm just you're like, farming absolutely you know, like nothing. Argue about Star Wars with okay. Don't understand the actual origins of Luke as a fucking moisture farm. Exactly. So it's like the dude who grows soy. Well, this is why the cow. argument between him and his uncle was so severe because his mm-hmm. uncle couldn't afford. Like the truth of it is, is so that if you see the, if you don't farm, moisture, you need to stay die. here because yeah. I can't afford anybody because we're farming. Freaking moisture on, on Tatooine, like you know what I'm saying. So okay, so this is where so my Star Wars nerd so is coming. So if you don't step up right. and continue farming, exactly and take over the mass, the mass amount of labor required, we're gonna get sold back. Which is so labor. ironic because when he like, dies, I mean, he dies in fire. But oh, they're okay. sharecroppers. Yeah, yeah. What it is they're sharecroppers in a in a in California, basically trying to sell water to the firefighters association. Definitely, it's not gonna work. And so, without enough people to to cover the volume, you get sold back into slavery, which is what happens. Anakin finds his mother at the end when she's dying, which is another significant step down his path into darkness. Which, right. based on Star Wars Clone Wars TV series lore, he knew was coming. He knew he'd suffer a significant loss. My thing is for Luke. There was nothing. Yeah, this is why the decision thing. was so easy for him. Yeah, and so I, like I a, look a, back. A droid racer, right? Or whatever it was. Who? Luke. Who? No. He, a droid racer? What do you mean? Whatever Anakin was. in the in Pod racer? Pod racer. Fuck. I didn't even know if Luke did any pod racing. I don't know about that. He had right? like an affinity for machines and shit. And well, I, that's I, my I other thing. That's my other. Uh, and this is my argument right now that I'm setting up actually. Okay. Later. Is that Ray is actually a Skywalker, and Ray is Luke's child? But we're we're gonna go there. No. The, yes. No. Hang on. No, no. No. I'm not. I'm not contradicting you. I'm saying the recent theory that I've read is that Ray is Han Solo's love child. Yeah. That doesn't make her a Skywalker, though. That doesn't make her a Skywalker, but that doesn't make Kylo Ren a Skywalker either. Yeah, it does. Because guess who he popped out of? Leia. Guess who Leia is the daughter of? The most powerful fucking force exactly. ever. But well, my thing same. is, my thing is, you. The, the problem is we don't know uh, if if the the fan theory is correct and that she's the love child of Han Solo. Which force sensitive user did he? My thing is Han if you. My thing is if you're force sensitive and you have a love for mechanics, whose child are you? Okay, you're drawing motif connections that don't. That have neither been confirmed nor denied. Come and it's on. already been confirmed. Han Solo doesn't know anything about okay. the fucking ship. That's that's how uh, that's why if you go back That's why if you go movement. back to the to the original pre trilogy, Han Solo knows nothing about his ship. He I knows know. nothing. It's the fucking AI. I told you that earlier. Okay. Who is force sensitive and has love for mechanics yeah, that okay. is for and Luke. He's she's right. Luke's child. But here's the problem. She's but this not. is why I go she's back to character child. development she's with Luke. Palpatine's kid. This is why 
And this is why this is why this is why over the past three year three days there has been so much conversation about whether or not JJ Abrams is leaking stuff and one of these things that I feel like he's leaking is that she's Palpatine's daughter, because that's not true. It's not true. So because my thing is Luke left Ray on Jakku because you knew he knew his daughter was force sensitive. He knew that she had a she had something that she was gonna have to fulfill, but he knew that if her pain was connected to him, that she would fall. That she would fall. But what we don't know is that. When Ray finds out that she is Luke's daughter and finds out that she has a greater connection to the dark side because Luke turned against Kylo Ren, what we don't know is that that swap will cause Kylo Ren to turn good and cause Ray to turn evil in this new movie. Well, that's the premise of the movie. Okay, but what I'm saying is is that ultimately Luke's fuck-up will become his downfall. He should never left his daughter on Jakku to begin with. Because he should never let that hurt come over him to to begin with. Because my thing is, no, see, as a characterization, no, 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 no. Luke you're, feels like he's saving his daughter from you're, you're muddling the, pain. You're muddling the light and the dark side together. I'm not. How? So, if you're following strictly the movie lore, Anakin, stuck in slavery... Chose his family in the dark side, or chose a chance at saving his family over the in the dark side over the light side and balance. Sorry, not light side, just balance in the force. Then he has Luke and Leia, and then somehow Luke, who comes to know his father's own pitfalls as Darth Vader, rather than being the arbiter. Of balance to her for her to take over the light abdicates her and his connection to her in favor of just the light rather than balance. That doesn't make sense for either a Jedi or a Sith. What do you mean? What do you so let's let let's proceed with the theory that Ray is Luke's kid. Yeah. If he leaves her, as you said, on Jakku, even though it could have been her mom, right? She she mentions that in in the first movie in movie eight she says my parents left me but that's easily a rioter's oversight, right? No, I believe Luke could have had a partner somewhere. Well, right, but you gonna tell me he starts a Jedi temple training Jedi and doesn't have a woman? Yes, because the Jedi in his time where he's raised in the Jedi Order do not have... Yeah, but he originally family. develops a freaking relationship with his sister without knowing he's, she's his sister. Right, but that's before he's a Jedi. Yeah, That's but, before he's taken a... Oh, so what, she's a child of incest? No. Like, Which could very well probably be, I mean, but, it's possible. It's Force I mean, universe. yeah. Force but that, like, but that's what I'm saying. Not gonna come out of what I'm saying is that we know from extended EU content that he has a woman partner. Where? And if we know... Yeah. Explain. Elaborate. Well, what's her name? Jade Mar or whatever the fuck her name is? Like, 
she, he has he has a child with her in EU content. And but it's EU content canon. It's but we know by the habit of Disney so far is that they draw from EU content and make it canon in their own stuff without crediting the EU can canon from before, right? So my thing is is that they're gonna take this and run with it. So you think Ray's gonna be the daughter of Luke, the bastard daughter? I think I think Luke left Ray on Jakku so because he, he remembers how his his reconciliation quality. was right. with his parent, and he didn't want it to be like that. But now that he's not there, he never reconciled with Padme. Did he? N- no, but he did with Luke with right. Vader. He died in no, he didn't. Whether a reconciliation is good or bad, it's a reconciliation. He didn't reconcile. He reconciled if... If your father tells you that he's your father, and you're like, okay, I still see good in him, that's a freaking reconciliation. That's not. You say... He went back and saved his father. He's reconciled with him. Okay, he remembers how his reveal of being... No. The father you know of was? the most you know darkest person no. in the galaxy at the moment. You know what it was? was? It's the high ground motif. What? What? Obi Wan leaves Anakin to die in the volcano because mm-hmm. he thinks Anakin's gonna be killed because Anakin won't give up and come back to life. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept, just applied in a familial dichotomy instead of a adopted father son dichotomy, mm-hmm. and so it has. A, a colored lens of intimate bias. What do you mean? What? what? So, in the Obi Wan uh, Anakin scene where he's like, I mm-hmm. had the high ground, give up. And then he's like, No, I'm never going to give up. Well, that was his dark side right. pride and kicking in. What did Obi Wan do? Obi Wan wrecked him. Right. He completely. Not, not just that, but he abdicated the saving of him. Mm-hmm. As a Jedi and a Sith, he goes, "You're just a Sith now. I don't have to save you." Anakin. Well, he didn't say that. He said, "I thought you were gonna be the one to bring balance to right. the Force." And what did Anakin say? He said, "I hate you." Right. He goes, "Okay, that's it. That's a wrap." Like if if mm-hmm. that's your only response when I say I had good wishes for you, it's like when you have a conflict with family mm-hmm. and they're so pissed off about a subject. Either you're either going to be the bigger person and just walk away because you're going to say mm-hmm. some shit. But what does that have to do with... Okay, what does that have to so do So we're talking about... We're correlating the familiar relationship to mm-hmm. damaging the Force because the Force is what binds everything in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So if you're having an issue with your family as Obi-Wan saw Anakin as his son mm-hmm. and, you're, and your family member says to you as Anakin said to Obi-Wan, I fucking hate you no matter how much... Yeah, but Obi Wan no was like part of the familiar out, relationship. No but Obi Wan saw himself that way, which is why he couldn't guide Anakin down the path of light. Anakin should have been under Mace Windu, but because he was under Obi Wan, who was given jurisdiction of Anakin prematurely before Obi Wan was actually a Jedi Knight. Yeah, but you could say the same about the Luke Rez relationship too. I mean, Luke didn't want it. Luke was more in line with Mace Windu. He was like, get the fuck out of my fucking crib. Like, you're not fit. 
No, I think Luke, I mean most of the Jedi Council didn't want. Anakin I think Luke in is more of a Yoda thing. No, yeah. I mean you, Luke is in direct conflict with Yoda's ghost in that in Episode Seven. What do you mean? Episode Eight. Sorry. Yeah, just like He's Yoda. Like, what just the like fuck Luke, are you doing just here? like Luke was in conflict with Yoda. You forget that scene that Yoda had with Obi Wan. No, that's when not he was conflict. arguing with Obi Wan, and Obi Wan was Luke telling is him, having struggles with training, which is not the same thing as conflict. To have a conflict with a master, you'd have to be on par with that master, which is why Ray and Luke, yeah. But Ray did Obi Wan not check Yoda? Did Yoda say I'm not training him? And Obi Wan said. I was once the same. And then Yoda was like, well, okay. will he begin so, what he finishes? And then Yoda said, yes, I will train him. Caveat. It's not. As a writer, no, you is. do not you have to. Obi-Wan's story? You do not have to directly replicate every part of a story. No. There's but, one but strand that you have to replicate, line. and that is the base conversation. The base conversation was the person who was lost talked to the person who was found, and the person who was found put the lost person in check. That happened in both movies. Okay, but Yoda is not the person that saved. Yoda is lost. Obi-Wan saves him. Luke Yoda's is lost, lost, and Yoda saves him. Yoda's not lost. Yoda was freaking lost, bro. No, Yoda was, was lost. We just talked about this earlier. Yoda was pursuing the antithesis of the... Not the Yoda went to Dagobah. The, the penultimate of the life. Yoda had let the Sith control the world, the universe. No, he gave, he abdicated his position. To Listen, his, I'm he, trying to lay it in perspective for I'm you so you can see it. I'm trying to tell you that you're now arguing based on morality instead of instead of abject law. Okay. okay, okay. At the time where Yoda went to Dagobah, he did what was required of his position as a Jedi. He abdicated his position to Mace Windu, who was the personal Padawan that he trained up, mm -hmm. the Jedi Master, and he said, hey, I'm getting ready to dip. He it's dipped. on you. But he I'm came back. I'm going to pursue right. the penultimate But he didn't of stay on. This is my path on the force. He didn't no stay on. He Jedi. didn't stay on Dagobah though. When he went to Dagobah, he did that scene. He confronted himself. He defeated the the dark side of himself. Mm -hmm. And he stayed and there until Luke showed up. No, he came back. No, he stayed there until Luke. No, he up. didn't. He did it. He came back to Mace Windu, and him and Mace had a him and Mace had a conversation, and he came back in 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 Clone Wars. Mace Windu did not abdicate his role as the Jedi leader to Yoda. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Dude, you gotta go back and watch it. Uh, he went to Dagobah and okay. he came back. Okay, how about Christmas after Day? Christmas Day? We made a Star Wars day. After post episode nine, we go back. We watch all all the movies. Dude, I can put it on right now. At one thirty, one forty. Dude, he he comes you back like from your balls attached to you, right? I'm pretty sure if we did that, our wives would just kill us. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Pretty sure they castrate us. Um, he comes back. So you're from insisting Dagobah. that he did that? Makes when you then abdicated. The power back and to Yoda. then Yoda, and then the again. events of so three Yoda, happened. So Yoda, who has now achieved a hundred percent harmony with the his, side of the Force, is now somehow 
unequipped to battle the the because his Sith? his role was to fail. That was his success because he was supposed to teach that to Luke. Okay, to save him, but he didn't save him. We don't know that yet until we see the ninth movie, bro. God, that's not he true. did save him. No, Luke's appearance as a broken Jedi as okay. So I'm sorry, I'm getting stuck down in the movie world like you are, but the movies are based on comics. I'm telling you so, that the movies are more planned than anyone thinks they are. I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm saying the 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 way that it was written and edited together is contrary. It to the not. source material. It is not. So let's go all the way back. Bro, if so you think about where were we at Stop. at the second Stop. movie in the original trilogy, Luke was on Dagobah on an isolated planet, just like Ray was with Luke on an isolated planet. You commune with a force ghost, just like Luke commune with a force ghost, and the person who was lost and the person who was found... The person who found checked the lost person. The same exact thing happened in both movies. The exact same thing. Right, but the new movies are based on a totally different canon. They are not different. The the it's the, a uniquely different canon. The mold is not that much different than people want it to be. People think it's different. Okay. We have more information on the sequel trilogy right? than we Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn, who saved, or who trained, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Okay, yeah. Or vice, was it the other way? No, Qui-Gon Jinn trained Obi-Wan. And then Obi-Wan became a master and trained Anakin. Okay. So, do you know the origins of Obi-Wan? He was reckless, just like Anakin was. Not just that, he actually became a Sith apprentice. In what In what lore? So, in, in the comic book source material that his character was derived from. To then reference it in the movie as... In canon or out of, in EU? No, so when the movies were originally written... Mm-hmm. Um, which then the comics, the movies were then adapted from and expand from the Lucasfilm's comic line, also through Dark Horse Comics, I believe, where basically Qui-Gon Jinn saves Obi-Wan from his path of the dark side. And the comic book strip is like really visceral and graphic. Like he's literally like peeling his own flesh off. Like Obi-Wan is peeling his own fresh flesh off while he's fighting this dichotomous battle between light and dark inside him. And he's basically just pulling the rotten flesh that, of, of the Sith off of his skin. I mean, I don't doubt it. And so, and this gets into the lightsaber crystal um, lore. Certain lightsaber crystals come from a certain affinity. Like the yeah. colors of, like all the crystals are the same until a force person, a force that touches them. Blues are fighters, green are thinkers, purples are more aggressive. You have your gold, Purple which is, is reserved mm-hmm. for people who have tread on both the dark and the light side. Yeah, but you're more aggressive with the balance of the dark and the light side being on the light side because you have. And certainly, inherently, yes. But the point mm-hmm. is, the lightsaber color mm-hmm. 
signifies the character's motif. Exactly. The problem is, as far as continuity is concerned, Obi-Wan was a green saber user, just like Qui-Gon. And then Anakin was a blue saber user. Right? And blue saber That's funny, because not once did the Obi-Wan's saber ever... Was it evergreen? It was always blue. Right. This is a continuity issue, right? And so, because he was rescued and saved by Qui-Gon through his tumultuous battle, he discovered through his self-reflection why he needs to be on the light side. Similar to Anakin, he lost a significant loved one, which threw him into the thralls of the darkness, of the dark side. Qui-Gon saves him. Through uh, basically ritual combat, effectively, he just like continues to like defeat him over and over again in lightsaber exchanges, and it inevitably makes him retreat. And he just can't figure out why, even though he's embracing his rage, he can't overcome somebody who's abject, abject of emotion. Long story short, he is brought back in as a padawan, so he's not a master or a knight yet. Then you come into episode seven or eight, where ep, sorry, episode five, where he's killed, or is that two? Well, who's killed? Quagga? Yeah, Quagga. That's episode one. Right. So he's mm-hmm. killed in episode one, and because, but at that point, his training was not complete. Mm-hmm. Like Obi Wan's training was not complete. His right. recovery was not complete, and then he's given the promotion to watch over Anakin, rather than having Anakin go under Mace Windu or Yoda, specifically. Because of the Senate's influence on the Jedi. Right? And so now, he's under the incomplete tutelage of somebody who's not technically equipped to deal with his, his scenario. And that leads to the perpetual failure of Obi-Wan. Even though he continues to be a right, which is a saying that Jedi. leads to perpetual failure of Luke Skywalker, who was ill-equipped as well, I, and who I beg to differ, and who Luke walked a little bit on the dark side as well. Luke, whether whether in person or through a Force ghost, was under the tutelage of Qui Gon and under the tutelage of Yoda. Wasn't wasn't Obi Wan partly trained by Yoda as well? No. Okay. He was purely trained by Qui-Gon, who was trained under uh, Yoda with Mace. Okay. I think is how that goes. And Qui-Gon chose to continue to train Padawans rather than move up in the ranks. Mm -hmm. And Mace was like, no, I want to move up. Because... And so, long story short, Obi-Wan should have had a purple saber based on the character continuity, but they wanted to make the connection between him and Qui-Gon stronger, so they gave him a green, I think. Blue. Blue, sorry. And so they made him the foil for Qui-Gon. Right? Does Qui-Gon have the green saber? Yeah, he had a yeah, green Yeah, so you had the fighter and the thinker foil. Mm-hmm. Great motif. Just like Yoda was green, and Mace was purple. Mm-hmm. So he had an aggressive fighter style. The, the conflict in the story retcon, though, is that they have a... It's like any other bad writing where they have 
one of the most important references is a one-off throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Like, so many plots in Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah, I was once like him. I can handle it. It's like, well, if you were once like him, you probably can't guide him down the right path, especially considering the caveat that you're only being promoted because your master died. And we need to fill the ranks. The sentence is like, you don't have enough people to carry out the missions we need you to carry out. You need more knights. Okay. Promoted. That's terrible. And Yoda and Mace understood that. They were like, but it's the restrictions we put ourselves under. That that is a critical flaw in the in the correlation between the 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 force sensitive relationships in the, in this in the movie series. Yeah, but I, I still feel like that doesn't hold any weight in arguing right. the fact that so Ray is so here's point two. Okay, well, Anakin has his own Padawan eventually named Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka eventually goes on to follow a similar similar path as Anakin, but instead of falling to the dark side, she just leaves the light side. She becomes a force sensitive user who mm-hmm. is abject of light or dark. She becomes the medial the middle ground, and that is referred to as the Gray Jedi. They have a gray saber, and so they basically follow their own path of force balance. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the Sith, sometimes they're on Silas's, sometimes they're not, depending on where they choose to okay. draw the line in the sand. So my argument... That is where Luke should have gone. When he abdicated his position as mentor and leader of the Jedi, he should have been classified as a gray saber user, as a gray Jedi, and... That in and of itself, as as a continuity consistency, would have explained single-handedly his incapability to prevent Ray from swaying to the dark side or the light side, or preventing, or excuse me, his fear of Ray and her power, as is referenced, her power matching Kylo's, and having only seen it once before, and I didn't know to be afraid of it then, but I do now, right? He's referencing Kylo there. And that would have explained his inability to guide Kylo to one side or the other. Leaving Kylo to figure it out for himself. Leaving him vulnerable to the manipulation of the Palpatine. Yo, what if we've been duped? What if one of those voices is actually going to be Luke's voice? And Palpatine was manipulating a version of Luke Skywalker. Huh. And Luke never probably actually right, turned on Luke cut himself off from the force, basically. Right. And but what if that... I'm going to think about that. Right. Keep talking. Or positive, <laughs> whatever. I That's what? weird. That's a Luke that I was not anticipating. Yeah, which is why I would probably think that Luke would probably... What? Which is why I think Mark... imitating Luke? Well, probably not imitating Luke. What I think... Palpatine would probably try to guide Luke mm-hmm. or um, probably try to persuade Luke or possibly have some control over Luke's mind because this is what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is that Disney and Marvel have a huge fetish with taking lines of audio and taking visuals 
and distorting them. What if one of those voices, and I'm thinking about the visuals that I see with Kylo Ren in one of those trailers where he's there and he hears the voices. What if one of those voices is actually Luke's voice and he realizes for a split second, I was never betrayed. And what if that backs up my point where Kylo actually flips and Ray actually flips? Because what if Luke never really did flip on Kylo because of him being exactly or what if he was under control by Palpatine through Snoke or Palpatine directly and made that decision and felt that and that is the reason why he cut himself off from the force because he knew he was being manipulated similar to how Yoda never realized that he was being manipulated by the dark side of the force so what if Luke cut himself off from the force for a reason because he knew if Yoda is more powerful than me lived for 800 years was a Jedi master overseed all these Jedi and he was even manipulated by the dark side of the force if I was manipulated so much as to kill my what was it nephew I probably need to be cut off from the force because that wasn't even of my doing. That was from the doing of someone else. Okay, here's the problem. He's saying, "Here's the problem with the logic." Okay. <laughs> Ooh, fuck that strawberries! Pure ethanol, man. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, God. Yeah, the strawberry is probably worse than the blueberry, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's so much worse. <laughs> I think because the oh, strawberry God. is so much more porous than the yeah. blueberry. And there's so much more flesh. To now it. you see why my face was like. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't be at all. All right. So, so your premise is that <clears throat> your idea, I should say, is that. Kylo could be being manipulated from a from the Emperor the perspective of a light side user as Luke to make him think he was betrayed, similar to how you think Yoda was not aware that he was being manipulated by the darkness. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that in the Clone Wars again we just can't and bitches deal with it. Is in the Clone Wars, he's aware of the fact that he's being led down an ambiguous path. Right. So Yoda, I mean, both in the movies and in the Clone Wars, Yoda's aware that he's being blocked and manipulated. But he's not able to see where from. Right. And so he pursues... But the ideology, and I guess the politics at the time, says we don't do anything reckless in this moment. We just do our duty as Jedi. Right. So here's... <clears throat> my thing is okay also one one small freaking detail one, one is it really that small if you have to emphasize it this much it was history that com the Kaminoans were not the 
clone army was not the first clones they had ever done. Right. They they did their own. They did. So with your species. wealth of knowledge on the Kaminoans, you just willfully accepted this freaking clone arm? Like, like Boba Fett and the wannabe fucking Mandalorian as the army? As a guide to clone? That's my other thing, which is not even connected to this theory at all, but my thing was like, that was a big... Like f up on the part of like, the so Jedi you know, Council, so which was like, the, which is uh, like protocol, like thirty three or whatever, sixty six, sixty six, yeah. order sixty six. Order Damn, 66. you are all, of- <laughs> bro. It's been a while since half the word time. and half the number. Protocol sixty six. Analysis is still fair. <laughs> so protocol sixty six, which comes to play right around the time of the ascent of Darth Vader. <clears throat> effectually cuts out the Jedi Order. Yeah. Which Yoda takes really hard. And... Because he never seen it coming, which is my criticism. Right, was like, how not, did you not? But again, that's not because... Because they had been known to retrofit people that they cloned to just be like workhorses. Right. But and that is not the intention or intuition behind the concept of the clones nor is that originally made aware like the thing about the force and Jedi yeah, and Sith is that they can't detect specific intention they spe- they detect general nature or intuition of nature like I'm in a room full of people and I'm getting a bad vibe I don't know who's going to shoot at me but somebody in here is ready to draw Mm-hmm. Right, it's not quite as detailed as. <gasps> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Make the clones you have ready to all kill those us. archives. Oh, damn. But you don't. Okay. But you don't. Never mind. Okay. So here's the other problem I have with this concept. I just forgot. Which kind of it kind of enforces your your previous idea that Yoda mm-hmm. knew, but because he knew it was inevitable, he had to keep his hands off mm-hmm. of the wheels of destiny if you will because it's not the Jedi way to control destiny like it is the Sith mm-hmm. um, given his experience on Dagobah and finding perfect attunement with the light side of the force that would inevitably put him in a position where he has to go okay I'm omnipotent in this regard or on this progression of time and I have to do X, Y, and Z to maintain it fast forward into the third trilogy you have a would-be Sith Lord who's technically not a Sith Lord because even though he killed his mentor his mentor technically is another apprentice of Palpatine if we're if we're to believe or is he? well we're to believe so here's the concept if we're to believe that a raised Palpatine's reincarnation or to be reinstated body, right? That's you want to think that. I'm arguing that. I mean, that's, I'm only going based off of what has been publicly disclosed. Mm-hmm. By insiders. Um, air quotations. If we're to believe that Kylo kills Snow, but Palpatine's coming back, that means Palpatine never 
never abdicated or never lost his position as a Sith Lord. Which would yeah, which is why the I'll downfall of Darth Vader. Because you can be an apprentice and take a mantle. It's just that most apprentices don't. Like, you have Darth Maul, who is an apprentice. You have Darth Vader, who, by new content and retcon, it was an apprentice. He just believed he was a Sith Lord. Right? Similarly, fast forward, Kylo, originally on the path of light, falls to the path of darkness. Kills Snoke, believing that Snoke is the Sith Lord, therefore believing, as Anakin did, that he's ascended to a Sith Lord position, moves forward as such with Rey, quote-unquote, being the balancing factor, half-assed trained by Luke, who in and of itself was not trained completely in the ways of the Jedi, because by the time Luke's being trained by Yoda on Dagobah, and is being becoming more aware of the Force, Yoda's already in a position where he can only provide limited knowledge, and he is no longer of the opinion that the Jedi mindset and, and philosophy is the way to pursue the Force. As shown in Episode 8, where he shows up and burns all of the Jedi Order books left over, so that Luke doesn't have to make that decision. But Ray saves them anyway. Does she save the books? Because when... Or does she save the when Finn the opens the drawer, all the books are in the drawer in the Millennium Falcon. I think she saves some, but I don't think she saves them all. Mm. And that's the thing that we'll figure out in the movie, but I'm saying mm-hmm. if you... If you force electrocute some shit and set it on fire, you're not going to save everything. So I'm sure that she saves some stuff, and then it'll be up to her to figure out where to go. Or the books will be there for Kylo... Once he has to make his final decision, and I think the battle on the uh, water on the water front will be the de- the first battle. It won't be the deciding battle, which is where we get back to the capitalistic entrepreneurial standpoint that you had back in mm-hmm. episode seven. Or fuck, yeah, episode seven. When you were like, no, they're gonna do it. They're gonna engineer it in a fashion where they're gonna continue to be able to franchise and milk it whether it's a TV series or spinoffs or whatever I think you're right the kicker because Poe is uh, or Finn is uh, force sensitive the kicker will be a dichotomy three guard Monty we were talking about as to whether Kylo or Rey rise and fall to good or light and dark, or dark and balancing force, or light and balancing force, and then Poe fills in the separation. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping for really good writing here. I want Kylo to have to sacrifice his mother, but not in the way he had to kill his own father. I want him to have to choose between stopping Palpatine from taking over Rey or saving his mother. He chooses Rey, which inherently brings him back to the light. But because Rey's been brought back, quote unquote, from the darkness, she is now more in line with Mace Windu or a gray Jedi. She's neither of the darkness or the light. And she's left with her own choices to make. And she's therefore, as a child of the Force, given the choice of being the arbiter of balance, like Anakin was. She takes that 
you're still left with the missing puzzle piece of light. Enter. This is your line. Enter Poe. In the last movie, Poe loses... Because I don't agree. Hang on. So, Poe loses his one-movie rush love interest, which... Lucy or whatever. Finn. Sorry, not Poe. Fuck. Finn loses his love interest. No, she's alive. No, in, in the next movie. Oh. He loses her as, like, his first love. Right? Because he used to be Stormtrooper. He loses her as his first love. Recoils from the world similarly to Anakin. And instead of embracing his pain and agony, he shuts it off. Like Obi-Wan and Mace Windu had to. And he cuts off all of his emotions and inevitably becomes the arbiter of the light side. And so then you're back to the original trilogy's dichotomy of male-on-male balance of conflict with a female as the matriarch. That makes sense. That's what I'm hoping. I highly doubt that that's the way it's yeah, gonna break. Yeah. Because that's not franchisable. And Disney's like, motherfucker, we should have. I'm just saying, money. the most repeated thing in reviews are that there was massive fan service paid out in this movie. Which I don't can only mean. Reviews. Which can only mean. Well, I kind of do. Because when you look at the most repeated thing, it's either completely false or completely true. I feel like people who get brought in to do early reviews are brought in because they're so opinionated and they're picked because they create a divisive discord which drums up more attention. Mm -hmm. So I don't even bother to watch early reviews of movies, especially ones as big as this, because they're so skewed and opinionated. Like, Angry Joe's going to have one. By like this weekend, and I'm not gonna watch it. Uh, the quartering had one. Other uh, major labels like Kotaku um, and uh, other LA writers are gonna have one. And I'm like, like you see those trailers that come out the week before me, like LA Times, New York Times, unbelievable, yeah, truly stunning. Yeah, I'm like. Suck a fucking dick harder if you could. I would love to see you do it. Like, you just gonna suck a shirt off of Lucasfilm and Disney? Like, you gonna snatch that shit off your teeth? You are funny. For every extra dollar you can get? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, these are critics out of paper that are writing a, a, a automatically opinionated piece. And I'm just supposed to go, oh, I'm going to go see it just to confirm or deny. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go see it because I'm a Star Wars fan. And if it's good with the lore, great. If not, I'm not surprised. I have zero expectations. And if I have any expectations or any hopes, they're like super low. Yeah. I'm like, the way it should be done is non-franchisable. There should be a cap on the end of the story. But a company like Disney doesn't spend $34 billion like buying up a bunch of film studios and film rights just to produce 
a trilogy. I like a good never-ending cyclical story, even though they say it's going to end, it doesn't end. I love that. That's you want to know what's great about David editing Wheel of Time series? What? 14 books long. The last six are all over a thousand pages. You want to know what's wonderful about that? What? You don't have a constraint of pages and ink to make everything work. You don't have to rush jack shit. Right. Every character, every throwaway line that you thought you read in the first half of the series comes back and pays it to do. And you get that gratification. The only way to make something that big work, like what Lucas did with Star Wars Universe, like Tolkien did with Lord of the Rings, is really effectively to turn it into a TV series. Even the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies have not paid tribute to the nuances that he created in that world. And I'm a firm believer that while Lucas did not have the technical skill or the cognitive ability to communicate his vision, I am very much of the opinion that he is on a world builder level like Tolkien or David Eddings. Um, For those of you who don't know David Eddings and his Wheel of Time series, just go read it. It's 14 books long. It was so long it outlived the man. And on his deathbed, he was still conferring with the writer, his apprentice, I think, who's going to finish up the series for him. The man was dying. His last day on this earth, he still had a writer's note session, I believe, on how to wrap up his fucking lifelong series. R.R. Martin is not doing that. That motherfucker's eating his way into oblivion. (laughs) Tolkien had such a stranglehold on his artistry that he wouldn't give it to the world in a complete form. Mm. David Eddings, as good as either of them, if not better sacrificed his own ego as an artist, which is incredibly hard to do. Checked his own perfectionism on his deathbed to ensure that his fans had a complete series. And I would dare to say Lucas would do that if Lucas was to keel over in the next week. Mm. I, I would dare to say he'd like, um spending all my money, buying all my rights back, and I'm going to set it up in a publication trust. And be like, hey, you can, if you contractually agree to this plan through my representative, you can make a TV series spinoff of it, but you're not going to chop it up into a trilogy, give it to a bunch of different producers, just to make a franchise out of it that you can milk the money out of. You sleepy? Hmm? Yep. Oh shit. Yeah. I heard the nose. Alright. Alright. I knew I should have brought more alcohol. You didn't even finish all yours, man. I'll finish it. You don't have to drink it. He was like, here, take it away from me. Three hours. Oh, 48 minutes. I told my wife I'd try and be back between one and two. Oh, she's She's asleep, but she'll be pissed tomorrow when I tell her. There you go. The people are like, I get this lot from people are like, why don't you tell, why don't you just lie? She won't know. I'm like, fucking We're gonna, look, look, we did this episode. We're gonna come back. So this is Star Wars part one and part two. After this episode. <laughs>
and look at the movie. After episode nine? Yeah, and see what things came true from our conversation, mm-hmm. what things didn't, and what we think afterwards. And then we gotta take like a day or two and binge watch Clone Wars just to make sure we have all of our continuity straight. There you go. And then there's the saga after Clone Wars about the last Padawan. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rebels. Mm-hmm. Star yeah. Wars Rebels about the last Padawan and then mm-hmm. the Padawan he takes on. <laughs> it's like, which is where you get the flushing out of Ahsoka's story as a great Jedi. Yeah. She faces off against Anakin as Darth Vader at the end of the series and then there's like this ambiguous did she survive? And it's like, yes, she survived. Because then Darth Vader, if you read comics, Anakin sends Ahsoka out to pursue Luke and Leia and make sure that they're kept safe from Palpatine because he's concerned that Palpatine's growing aware of his efforts Mm. and suspecting him of keeping things from him. And so he ends up... It's not on screen in in the TV short series, but in the comic books, it basically plays out as he's like, I need your help. I know you've always wanted to save me. And there's like this tenuous, ambiguous, on-again, off-again feeling, romanticy to their relationship. And so she, like, basically, the illusion, it alludes to the fact that Ahsoka moves out of her passivity as a Force-sensitive or a former Jedi, as a great Jedi, and moves back into an arbiter of light and goodness. Pretty much, basically, like a yellow Jedi, like the Jedi Temple Guards have yellow sabers, because they're, like, they're pro-light, but not actively pursuing the path of light. They're just like, I'm just going to be here and do and follow the path of righteousness, basically. And so she does this for him. She does this for Anakin. So that he might better bring balance as a, as a Sith Lord than as a Jedi. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting illusion that we'll see if it gets flushed out in any movies or anything anytime soon. <clears throat> I mean, it probably won't, but it'd be super cool if we could see that the the implications of the gray Jedi versus the purple Jedi and the continuity about lightsaber colors. Um, we'll see. It'd be really cool if like Kylo got a purple saber, and then no. he, and then he cameoed in the Mace Windu series. Yeah. Or you get a retcon, right? Mace Windu series becomes a retcon of Kylo being a Kylo Ren killed way too much people. Basically, he's a double agent. He's like, I'm going to embrace my emotions as a Sith Lord, and then when I meet with Mace Windu, I'm going to like understand that it's all for the great balance. That'd be dope, bro. If you had Mace Windu be Kylo Ren's fucking secret mentor. No. Jackson! I'm like, motherfucker, I don't care if it hurts you. You're going to do it to bring the balance to the force, bitch. Come on. Come on. Scarred Mace Windu, one eye gone from the from the fight in the fall. <laughs> Beating the shit, talking shit like a motherfucker to Kylo Ren. That would probably be dope, yeah, but so I need mean that second leg. Kylo would be like, you don't understand what. Samuel Jackson would be like, bitch, you don't understand. I got thrown out of a 2,000 foot tall building you don't understand shit I'm ready for that scene so Samuel Jackson cut loose come on he's way bigger now than he was then 
he didn't have the uh, the the prowess to be like, I'm gonna throw a motherfucker in that film somewhere. So get over it. I'm gonna throw so many in that you can't edit that shit out. Anywho, guys, this has been a Six Ways from Sundays, number three. We gotta wrap this Completely up. Completely done! Our boy Nimbus is just teetering off slowly into the, into the comfort of. Bye, guys. Peace. See you. Oh, catch us on Stitchers and most other podcast platforms.